John Calvin opens his famous Christian Institutes with this quote, Nearly all wisdom we possess, that is to say, true and sound wisdom, consists of two parts, the knowledge of God and of ourselves. Does the Bible have much to say about who we are as humans? This is Considerate, where we're considering questions regarding life, theology, and the church. Considerate is a ministry of Redemption Bible Church here in New Braunfels, Texas. Do you have questions regarding life, theology, or the church? If so, text the word redemption and your question to 474747 and we'll consider your questions. To learn more about our church and everything we're doing here, visit redemption.bible. I'm Aaron Orozco. And I'm Blair Cushman. Let's consider it. Hey guys, thanks for joining us today on Consider It. Um, as always, let's just start with uh, the question that was submitted. It's a, it's a long one, and I think this one was submitted uh, maybe a couple months ago. And so again, we just want to encourage you all to be uh, submitting questions. We are getting through them um, as fast as we can. Um, given all the circumstances, but we, we want to hear the questions and we are doing our best to answer them. So please uh, keep on submitting those questions, right? That's right. Right. So let's let's get into it. It says, Western Christianity seems to look, uh, seems to harshly present mankind in a negative light, sort of an I am a worm mentality. And yet, that is not the story of the Bible. Since Genesis, God has been trying to establish a partnership of sorts with humanity, ultimately culminating in revelation through the work of Christ. How did we get here? Uh, is this worm's view of humanity distorted, or is it biblically accurate? It's a long one. There's a lot yeah, there. there. Yeah, there's a, there is a lot there. And I think... Um, Maybe if you can't, your auditory memory is not uh, picture perfect. Really, like the the theme of this question is the the theology of man, That's or right. or like you you said earlier, like biblical anthropology, yep. yeah. uh, kind of the view of of humanity, right? right? We generally um, all across the denominations of evangelicalism uh, agree on these really big characteristics characteristics of god right that god is good god is holy right he's omnipotent all these things yeah so then you know we ask the question well what about humanity what about right. mankind yeah. what does the bible have to say about humanity that's really what the crux of the question is right um i like it because it's well thought out um whoever submitted it is obviously thinking through these things and i think genuinely wants to know what the bible teaches you know mm -hmm. from cover to cover um what is the theology of man what is biblical anthropology and so i like it i like it. this just again highlights it. i think we've said this on other uh, podcasts but I love the diversity of questions that we get on the show. Right, right. You know, people are just thinking about various things, and that's why I like doing the podcast is because we can take questions from various uh, branches of theology, if you will. And so, um, yeah, let's let's yeah, let's try to like <clears throat> simplify the question, make yeah. it make it just a little bit more, uh, right. you know, we can we can take it in chunks, right? I think yeah. this first part is really just saying, okay. Uh, Christianity seems to have this negative view of man, right? Yeah. That that humans are, you know, he says, and I am a worm mentality, which, right. you know, seems to be like, just, uh, we're lowly, we're not important, we're kind of yeah. just, you know, woe is me kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah right? worms have... The, yeah. 
I mean, obviously, if we're thinking kingdom mind, if we're thinking biblically, worms have a, a great value to the world. Otherwise, God wouldn't create them. <laughs> right. Um, but, you know. Small and insignificant. Yeah, they're yeah. small and insignificant. Intrinsically, they have very little value. You know, we don't see a worm on the ground and uh, marvel at its intricacies and its, you know, its glory and its beauties and all the colors and things. Unless you're, you know, a scientist of some sort or a little kid who, you know, is super excited about yeah. it or a fisherman or something that is excited right. to, you know, take the worm to its death in the lake. But, um, but for by and large, yeah, it's just like low and insignificant. And so mm-hmm. the question here kind of does come from various things. So, you know, there's the, the cultural view of humanity. Yeah. Or really the Christian cultural view of humanity. And it contrasted with uh, what the Bible teaches about humanity. Right. And this is an important question for us. It's important for us all to, to understand. It's like, okay, well, who am I as a person? What has God said about me? How am I created? And how does that jive with who God is and what he's yeah. called us to do is is really the big kind of philosophical questions that all of us you know, should wrestle with, whether we do so deliberately or not. But that's that's what's at work here. And so, um, so this idea that Western Christianity harshly presents, you know, this low view of humanity, um, Maybe some circles. I don't, I don't necessarily think we can just speak broadly like that yeah. to paint a broad stroke about that. Because in, in many areas in Western Christianity, I would say it's actually the exact opposite. Yeah, humanity is elevated. Sure, you know, we can do no wrong. Yeah. We are intrinsically good. Um, mm-hmm. And so to kind of paint the broad. Uh, a picture like that um, I wouldn't necessarily agree with but the right. more important question here is well what does the Bible then teach yeah. about him and and really like that that's really what we're getting at right yeah. like is man inherently good or are they inherently bad that's right right and like you're saying I think the the gamut across the, the denominations of churches I think you're gonna find different right different positions uh, and I think secularly the overwhelming like I accepted ideas that man is generally good, right? right? And yeah. therefore, you know, we start with, which is where a lot of entitlement comes from, right? Yeah. And and this idea that we deserve certain things and, you yeah. know, whatever. Uh, but it's from this idea that is yeah. man inherently is good. We're born maybe, maybe even morally neutral, right? And yeah. we can, you know, do that. Uh, but I think as always, we gotta, we gotta look at, what the word says and it's very important i think this this question like you're saying it it is a very important question because the way we we the relationship we have with christ and the gospel god is dramatically affected by this right because if we are generally uh, born morally good then we are generally lacking um we're not lacking uh, we're not needing a savior, right? Mm. We don't need someone to come and make us righteous, to make us clean, to make us holy, but rather, you know, we have it within ourselves to make ourselves right. Yeah. And that's that's the implication of it, right? right? Maybe we're giving away the answer already, but yeah. but that's really the question. Right, right. There's some vertical elements of understanding this and some horizontal ones because this the same answer is, uh, has implications into how we treat one another right the hatred that we uh, show other people the, the how we uh, do not value human life yeah 
um, and in all its various expressions through murder and abortion and racism and all the other things. Um, and so we have to really get a good, like robust, uh, although this is a podcast, so maybe not an exhaustive right. biblical anthropology, but uh, but I would say a robust uh, one. And here's here's kind of how we would break this down. Well, what is you know the question kind of says uh, takes us well from Genesis to Revelation. God has been creating or seeking a partnership uh, of sorts with humanity. Well. Um, Let's just look at well. What is it? Where do we begin? Yeah, In Genesis. Well, sure. here's the first yeah, the thing. Garden. Here's the first thing. When at creation, uh, God creates humans in His image, hmm. and so that's like when we talk about biblical anthropology, that's where we have to start with humanity. Unlike anything else in creation, is created in the image of God. All humans, male and female, whatever skin color you are, wherever you've been born, is an image bearer of God. And that's super important. That's what gives us value. Mm. It's what um, makes us, um, what makes every human life important. Right. Whether they have a disability, whether mm. you're the, you know, or the an Olympic athlete. Yeah, and and that's it doesn't matter. And that's uniquely and exclusively different from anything else Any in creation. creation. That's right. Like that's animals. Right. Uh, buildings trees you know the most magnificent mountains Uh, uniquely and exclusively humans carry you know god's imprint on them which is why why we're we're valuable in a very different in a very different way way than animals and and vegetation and things and so um you know that's another podcast for itself to go into all what that implies right um but it but it is what gives us our worth and so every human is created in the image of god and so therefore we should love everybody even our enemies. Yeah. This is why we value life and not death. And and so th- this filters into it. So that's the like, no, this isn't a worm mentality. Like the Bible presents it pretty awesome. And so that's in Genesis 1 where we get that, you know, an image of God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Yeah. It's like three times it's repeated there, so we understand it. Yeah. Um, this is so true. But that's Genesis 1, and it's only a couple chapters later that something else very fundamental uh, to our understanding of humanity comes into play. Right, and I and I think even even before we get there, mm-hmm. before we get to that, okay. uh, God creates us not not necessarily like for a partnership, yeah. right? I I think uh, that's where uh, that's an interesting part of the question that you know you know what what does it say does. Um, He's been trying to establish a partnerships of sorts with humanity. Yeah, and I think right here we're going to lean more on of sorts, right? Yeah. It's not really a partnership more than uh, it's out of the abundance of his own like perfect community in the Trinity yeah. that he creates creation to reflect his glory, yeah. right? And so even, even creating us and giving us purpose, giving us an identity, giving us his... Uh, his imprint of his of his own likeness. Yeah, it's all to to reflect God's glory. That's right. Um, there's no there's no implication there that we have like status yeah. of or the glory or you know the authority that He has. Right. Yeah. He He makes us dependent 
dependent on him even right. from the beginning that's right that's well said that's well said i would say that you know he hasn't he's it's not so much of a partnership that we've been created for but for a purpose right and that's to glorify him yeah. and so does god work with us yeah you know are we responsible for our actions and our thoughts and our decisions well yeah we are um but not necessarily in an equal way yeah. in which the word partnership would would mean. And so yeah. whatever that's uh, getting at here. So we've been created in the image of God to serve him and to worship him. Mm. That's really what it boils down to. And uh, um, that's our purpose as humans and why we live on this earth is to worship and serve the creator with the various gifts and talents and abilities that God has again given us for right. his glory and right. our good and the good of humanity around us. And that's really what it means to be in, made in his image. And so whatever your job is, whatever skills God has given you, he's done that so you would you know work for him, so that you would walk with him, that you would worship him in a way that honors and glorifies him and and uh, in, in the various you know, neighborhoods that you live, the job that you live, the church that you attend, the cities that you live in, all that is for his glory. And so, um, so that's why he's created us. And so then, but something happens, you know, we're yes. getting at something happens in Genesis three that is very fundamental. Yeah. Because that image has been distorted. Right. It's like a nice white shirt that has a coffee stain that you really yeah. can't get out. Right. No amount of, yeah, you can, you can try to clean it up with as all the shout wipes you want and yet it's not going to it's not going to fix it right and that and that's really like where the big the big the next big uh thing in the history of 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 mankind happens right it's the introduction it's the fall of man we call it right the fall of man when sin enters the world uh and then now sin has tainted humanity right yeah Yeah. And, and i think that's where really this question picks up at right because now uh in 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 a lot of uh like we say humans are now depraved yeah. right and and i guess in a cynical way we take that i think you can take that to say that you know hum, humanity has no now no ability to do good to be good yeah uh and in a cynical in an in a cynical way of looking at it i can see how that can be discouraging but the truth is that is where we're at right that's the state that we are in because of sin now we we are we're helpless but to only sin uh to do good we we can't do it right to be good that's not our propensity our propensity is to indulge ourselves uh and to sin really that's right that's right and so ever since the beginning yes we are created in the image of god but there's a sin problem right that every human being born to this world has, yeah, and and right away from uh, right from Genesis three, and they Adam and Eve then begin to have offspring, and then murder starts yep. happening. You know, brothers kill each other, and so much so that um, even in those early days, it gets so bad that right before the flood, you see this in Genesis six, like this is this is horrible sounding, um, but it says the this Genesis six verse five the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Hmm. Uh, whoa. Yeah. That's, that is what we call totally depraved. Yeah. That, that's a, that's a, that's a 
really big indictment on right. humanity, right? right? From the beginning. From the very beginning. This is a Genesis. And so, you know, like the question kind of leads us to, well, we got to take a, what does the rest of Scripture teach? Yeah. Is that an isolated verse? Or is that what the rest of Scripture would, uh, would continue to follow up on? And I think actually that's what we will find then is not this, uh, not necessarily the lowly, insignificant worm view of it, but a radically depraved humanity um, is, is really the picture that the Bible paints. And right. So you have this, this here from Genesis, but then you get to the Psalms and like, Psalm 14, where there's no one good. Mm. Nobody seeks after God. Um, Genesis, or not Genesis, but rather Psalm 51, the classic um, uh, passage that David writes, the classic psalm that David writes after his sin with Bathsheba, after he commits adultery, and his lament and his... Uh, his uh, um, his repentance before the Lord. And he's crying out to God for mercy. He says, I know my transgressions. My sin is ever before me. Hmm. Verse 5, behold, I was brought forth in iniquity. In sin did my mother conceive me. You know, from the very get-go, he's they're just like, we're, we're totally depraved right. radically depraved even from birth and so you get from genesis the you know the law then you have here the the psalms well what about the prophets you know do, what do we see in the prophets well what about jeremiah 17 some are familiar with this you have this uh, this contrast between the blessed man who trusts the lord and then jeremiah 17 9 says this the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick <laughs> who can understand it yeah. And that's another, that's, like, wow. That's, that's some pretty harsh words there. Yeah, right? and, and I mean, in Matthew, in Matthew, Jesus, mm-hmm. Jesus re- kind of reiterates that when he's talking about in chapter 15, what defiles a person. Yeah. And he says, from out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, uh, slander. And this is what defiles a person. That's right. Right? So, uh, again, it's this indictment that human, the human condition yeah. is fallen. And, right. and our our hearts, uh, they desire sin. They want to sin, right? Yeah. And so, I think coming back to the, to the question of this I am a worm mentality, I think it's, it's not necessarily that the Bible uh, depicts like humans as these lowly insignificant people or you know species rather but it's really actually that no no humans we're like born corrupt yeah you know like we're already born offensive and and sinful to a holy god yeah right so it's not it's it's a serious it's it's a seriousness of of understanding that humankind uh compared to the holiness of god it's offensive. It's wicked to him, right? We we're born tainted, right, right? Right, which leaves us in a in a certain uh, in a certain like status with God's justice and His wrath and His righteousness, right? Right, right. We've we are completely sinful, and God is completely holy, and so that just fundamentally puts us at odds, right? Yeah. Um, like, listen to this. So we've kind of walked our way through the Old Testament and then a gospel, and here's just a final section, um, among others. But uh, this is Ephesians 2, 1, and Paul says, You were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked, 
following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit is, that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath hmm. like the rest of mankind. Yeah. I mean, that's just from everything, internally, at our very nature, to the thoughts that we think, to the very actions of our body are all yeah. corrupt. Yeah, so it's it's not, again, it, it this I am a worm, I, I think it's less of humans are lowly and significant humans are guilty before god yeah. right that's that's really the view i that's think that's what it boils down to. yeah we are guilty before a perfect holy god yeah right and so I, I said this earlier but i think the tone that we can take can be a cynical one and be yeah. like well you know then humans are helpless humans are depraved we're evil like yeah. that's why that makes sense that's why the world is the way it is yeah right but the beautiful, most amazing thing is that instead of God rightfully destroying all of humankind, right, because we're guilty and 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 uh, dishing out the the penalty for our for our guilt of yeah. sin, yeah. instead of that, He makes a way for us. That's right. Right. That's right. And you have to have that bad news before the good news is is truly good. Right. You know, it's not good news if it's like, hey, we're all great people and God's, God wants us on our, our team. No, well, that's not, that's not good news per se. That's just yeah. like, that's what we deserve. Yep. And the whole point of the gospel, the whole point of salvation is that we don't get what we deserve. Right. That's his grace and mercy. <laughs> that, that God didn't give us the punishment that we were due. As a matter of fact, Christ took what we were deserved yeah what we were deserving of yeah yeah like that's uh that's the glory of the gospel and that's really what where ephesians 2 transitions like those first three verses yeah you have the ugliness and then it says these two most glorious words in all the scripture but god right being rich in mercy because of the great love which he loved us even when we were dead in our trespasses he made us alive together with christ by grace you have been saved. Yeah. And that's the glorious good news. Apart from that, you take the but God, that transition away, you take away salvation, and it is it is like a hopeless situation. Right. Like, yeah, we should be cynical. Mm-hmm. We could, we're like, it should discourage us to no end. If that, to know, like, that's the state of humanity, everybody is evil and good. Yeah, if we stay there. Right. But praise God for the hope that he offers and the way of salvation that he has paved for us so that it is good news. And so we can be full of hope and joy and mm-hmm. knowing that even though humanity has this problem, it doesn't get the final say. Right. Like that's the that's the glory of this. And that's the picture of biblical anthropology. Yeah. Because that's kind of the final part. Uh, humanity is made in God's image, both male and female, made in the image of God. That got corrupted. Yeah. But God made a way to be saved. Right. And that's you know kind of the scope of what the Scripture teaches. Right. In uh, in biblical anthropology, but also in soteriology mm. or the theology of salvation. Right. Yeah. You know? And praise God for the overlap there of who we are and what God has done, so that we might be saved. Right. And and it's important, right? That that that's important that we understand the state 
of of fallen humanity right before god intervenes because that there's a lot of implications there if man is capable of good mm-hmm. then that means that salvation is in the hands of of humanity like we can yeah. save ourselves yeah. right if we can be good we can make ourselves righteous and that means salvation we we don't require a savior we we can save ourselves yeah right which at that point you know we're 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 eliminating the necessity of the cross right but really for for salvation for us as christians we love the cross because that is you know christ sealing the deal for us right for us to be justified in the eyes of god you know he takes what we deserved um it's it's the cross right it's it's that the most evil thing that ever happened is really our greatest good for humanity uh because we're saved through that you know christ's perfect work um but it starts with our helpless estate, right? Where, where we are, we're, we're born um, morally um, not good. Yeah. And we are guilty before before God because of our sin, when That's sin true. entered the world. And it's, it's important to understand that, like we're saying, we don't dwell there. We don't, right. we don't sulk in that. We don't, right. you know, negatively let that affect our attitudes and how we see the world, but rather... We, we like embrace and we rejoice in the amazing news that is the right. gospel. That's right. It becomes actually our joyful motivation right. for uh, evangelism. Right. Because we understand what is going around. We understand we live in a broken world. You know, because it's not just humanity that is also corrupted by sin and that, that original fall. You know, just read Romans 8 uh, this afternoon and you'll find the section that even creation is groaning right. and feeling the effects of sinfulness yeah. and longs for the day when things will be restored. Right. Um, and, and, and so that with that understanding of what the problem is that gives us both hope and joy to live in our life today to Mm -hmm. know that my sin and who i am and my struggles don't get the final say but christ does Um, and it also gives us hope for the future and hope to continue living in faithfulness today that christ is one right and he knew that even while we were enemies even while we were dead even while we were you know ugly in our sinfulness even then Christ died for us and right. that gives us man great joy and hope and encouragement and motivation to uh, live for the glory of God and and not just you know on the ground like a worm right and viewing everybody else like the worst people in the world right um, because we have a biblically thorough and balanced view of all of humanity right people are valuable they have intrinsic worth just because we're created in the image of god and yet that has been corrupted and praise god finally for our salvation and uh man that's the best news of all right and and that's just it fits so perfectly in the redemption story right it's it's this man incapable of of doing anything Mm -hmm. to to you know make our situation any better we're just we're just in our sin we're Mm. we're helpless yeah and and it's because of that that redemption is so amazing it's so beautiful it's so glorifying to god because we could we could have done nothing and yet jesus stands in our place Mm. and he he takes uh the wrath that which should have been ours um and then he justifies us in the in the eyes of god so uh we 
we love that we yeah. as christians we should be motivated like that by that like we're saying it motivates us to live on mission motivates us to to live joyfully because we understand like the catastrophe we understand the like the wickedness that we see in the world that doesn't demoralize us that doesn't like beat us down because we we see it through the lens of of the scripture of redemption that like yeah. that's what christ is, has has won right that's what mm-hmm. he has come to reverse and eventually we're gonna we're gonna be there we're gonna be in this uh the new heavens and the new earth where everything's gonna be mm. uh amazing that's right? right and we look glorious. forward to that it'll be glorious yeah. That's right. That's right. Come quickly, Lord, and uh, save humanity and rescue us from that. That's what uh, our prayer becomes then. So I hope this has been helpful for you as we uh, look at the scriptures, as we uh, uh, just kind of get a big picture overview of biblical anthropology. If you have questions on that or want some other resources, some theological works, don't hesitate to reach out to us at the church, and we'd love to point you in the right direction. Well, Thanks for tuning in to Consider It, a ministry of Redemption Bible Church here in New Braunfels, Texas, where we are taking on questions regarding life, theology, and the church. If you'd like to submit a question, text the word redemption and your question to 474747. If you'd like to learn more about our church, visit us at redemption.bible. We thank you for your support in listening, and we hope you'll join us next week as we consider